Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Brian Penn with us from sunny Colorado, right in the dead center of Colorado, actually. Yes. Uh, I'm, Brian has a lot of experience dating all the way back to 1995, so there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned here. Um, I am super excited to have you on, Brian. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Great. Oh, Absolutely. thanks for having me on. This is fantastic. I really, I've enjoyed your shows and stuff. So this is an honor for me. Absolutely. Um, I told you right before we got on here, we like stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. Yours dates back to 1995, which, so you got, you got the ups, you got the downs, you got the side and left. I'm sure you got lots of stuff to share. Um, why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate in the first place? Well, I um, actually, my uncle was big into real estate investing, and then he did his stuff in New Jersey. So I kind of caught the bug from him. But I went through a whole academic and industry route for many years. I was uh, <clears throat> working as a you know full time employee of programming and doing things like that. And then I went back to school because it was not as rewarding as I had hoped it to be. And I was able to get uh, Texas Instruments to pay for me to get a PhD at the Colorado School of Mines. And I finished that up in a in a kind of a arcane field of igneous petrology, which most people I give talks and most people don't know what that is. It's really just a geologist. And so I uh, did a postdoc with a guy from Stanford, great guy from Stanford, really phenomenal guy from Stanford. But even after that, <clears throat> what do you do? And so I had no real job prospects at that because uh, my particular field is a small field of geology. And so um I went ahead and I got a flyer that said, buy houses out of probate. And I was down to my last $5,000. And that's how much the course cost. <laughs> and so I went, I just took a, you know, took a flight down to Phoenix, spent a week with a guy named Jim Banks, or a weekend, long weekend, and uh, got hooked and just started, uh, started buying stuff out of probate and things like that. And one of the more interesting things I think out of that was they gave us a list of 50 people that had were in the class so we could talk to each other afterwards and stuff like that and i found out i was the only one that had done anything i bought oh, a wow. house a couple of bars and stuff like that and so you know it's because it, calling up executors is is unpleasant at best because you think oh this person died i'm going to call i'm going to feel really terrible <clears throat> and out of like the thousand calls i made I had maybe one of those. I still felt bad. Don't get me wrong. Because <laughs> they make it. So, and then I I wasn't full-time real estate at that time because it was not rolling along or anything like that. So I went and did another postdoc and it was down at a place called the University of Texas, El Paso. And I saw Carlton Sheets one. And then I got the no money down. And then I started buying houses, no money down and doing stuff like that all through the 90s and into the early 2000s. And it acquired a number of properties at that point. Um, 
I'm like really super conservative. I, mm. you know, I, I don't, I kind of step out and I make sure I can stand on something and get pretty solid. So, you know, when we hit 2008, we had, we had, I say my, we, I say my, myself and my wife, Krista, we went ahead and we would buy a property, make sure everything was copacetic and on level playing field, uh, level ground. And uh, then 2008 hit and I actually had got a bunch of properties in 2008. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there were people just people were just handing me their properties. They were saying, "Here, I can't handle this anymore." And I would take it, and we'd look at it and, and evaluate it. And generally, you try. You know, I was kind of like of the mindset that if you get a, a nice house in a nice neighborhood, you're probably pretty safe renting it out and stuff. And that's kind of what we did. We just went with that, and so we acquired stuff like that and properties like of that nature. And then I, I experimented with some things. I got into pre foreclosures. And I hooked up with a real good broker who did that and was able to kind of semi-mentor me. And just we did a bunch of deals together. And so I had acquired properties and set those up. And those are kind of cruising along. And so I was experimenting with other things. So then I went through the 2010s here, which a lot of folks are just seeing the tail end of that. And it's kind of funny because uh, they never experienced the 2008. I've watched a mm. lot of folks and they're like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, it's I'm only going to go up. We're never going to go down. <laughs> yeah. I had a re I had a guy tell me that I said, because I about a year or so ago, I was writing on my blog. I said, are you aware of what happened with Evergrande and how that's how the Chinese oh, in China, market yeah. meltdown is going to crush everything? Because the 2008, the, the amount of money that was lost or the impact was like six trillion dollars. And that wow. shut down the world's economy to a great extent. And but people don't realize that the CCP only allowed people in China to invest in real estate. That's all they can invest in. And that's 25 percent of their GDP. Wow. So they collapsed to the tune of six. It's 60 trillion dollars is what's collapsed in China. So and sorry, we, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to jump in here real quick because I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, I did not know. So that the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, they do not allow people to to invest in the stock market you're you're only allowed to invest no, not at all interesting no. huh they only okay. let they only let people buy real estate and so what happened was it became like a ponzi scheme for the chinese for the right. property developers and they just they were taking money in and they weren't building or completing anything for people oh wow and so <laughs> and but they made them pay the, they but they made them pay their their mortgage and uh, they, you know, they, or a lot of times they were making them pay the full amount down and they weren't oh, using the money to build anything except to expand. And so yes. it's been a, that's, I wrote a bunch of blogs on my, my website about that just because it's just, it's phenomenal. And so the Chinese market's collapsing. So we're seeing a lot of stuff going on and it's, and it's impacting. And we're seeing like the last year interest rates went from 2%. To six percent, six and seven percent, and then just changing got quoted the six, dynamic. Eight, seven, yeah, for uh, for a refi that we're trying to do, and it's it's just oh like, my oof. gosh, my gosh. So what I ended up doing a lot in two thousand eight was doing a lot of subject twos, mm. and that time for doing subject twos because I I've tried a bunch of things. I tried the probate. I've done the the uh, I don't think I've done a fix and flip because I'm not that handy with the hammer. And, and real quick I, I before you before you. Uh, it, <laughs> go into it. Explain what a subject two is for people listening. Oh, very good. Um, subject two is when you just take over their payments subject to the underlying loan. And yep. there are a couple of good 
good courses out there. Uh, Bill Bronchek, who is essentially my mentor, he's in Colorado, and Jeff Watson. I think I just I just took I'm just rehashing a bunch of stuff or relearning. I like to learn. And so that's, you know, I'll go to somebody that has, that knows, like yourself, if I was going to do commercial real estate, I would definitely be talking to you, you know, because you have your handle on that much more than I do. And, and you can always learn, you can always learn. So, and I wouldn't, I'm not even an expert in commercial. I'm an expert in self-storage and then a little bit of mobile home RV parks, but yeah, I mean, you can get, become an expert. That's what I love about real estate. There's so many different things to learn, so many different business models to execute. Um, but I don't want to get on too much of a tangent. Let's go back to your story. We're almost to present day. Um, you were <laughs> uh, pretty much been. I have uh, what I've noticed, and about two or three years ago, I know I've been to so many real estate meetings. Just I've there's a bunch of places in Denver and Colorado Springs. I met Brent at one of his real estate meetings about four or five years ago. And uh, you go into these meetings and I walk around and talk to people and this is their first meeting. They're going, hey, I'm I'm interested in real estate. And I said, well, what kind of real estate do you want to get in? There's just a whole range of stuff. And they didn't know. They had didn't have a clue. Do you want to do, you want to drive and just find some properties, do some bird dogging? Or do you want to, because most people just think, Oh, I'm just going to buy a house and have a rental and that, you know, I don't want to do that. And I said, you don't have to do that. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of support roles and there's a lot of other things. So that's, I was thinking at that point that I would, I would teach a course. Mm. I would do a monthly meeting and stuff and teach a course on just the very basics, like house hacking, like, like bird dogging and things of that nature, all the way through getting into commercial real estate, getting into, um, what you mentioned just before about storage, self storage, mm-hmm. which I think is really great. If you want to get into, I you should talk. You should talk, talk to Gabe on this because this this is a, something I missed, and I'm like I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, self storage is <laughs> so, pretty great. But just a wide range of things that that you need to investigate and understand so that you can know what direction to go in. And that's so I ended up writing a book. I developed a Udemy course. And mostly because of everything that happened with COVID and everything was shut down. There were no more meetings. There was no more anything. And so, um, and, and as I'm, you know, the whole thing is different things you learn. I found when I bumped into Brent, he goes, I'm doing land, vacant land. And I go, hey, that sounds like fun. And so I, I took a course from Brent and I've, he works with me closely. And I'm, I've just, like last week, closed on a couple of land deals yeah. and stuff. So. Land is, uh, land is a very interesting, um, you know, class to get into because there is no cash flow, but you can definitely make some good cash flow by doing seller financing, all these different things. Yeah. Um, so you wrote the book on investing for beginners. It's called real estate investing for beginners. Uh, I know a lot of people listening, they're just getting started out in real estate. So to those those uh, those new investors, the people who are just getting their first deal done, what are what are the the what's the advice that you can give those investors to uh, to to take their first steps? Learn about all your options. Learn, see what's going to mesh with you. There's things that the vibe you'll vibe with something. You'll yeah. just it'll, it'll resonate with you. I mean, single family homes resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I you know there was a period where I well I could do a quad or I could do this. But single family homes resonated with me. And, and it's just you just become educated to the different different of opportunities that are available. And we are really 
at the very at the precipice of a major opportunity for everyone to gain wealth because of all this the interest rates rising people still got to move you need to be able to, you can get involved and make your money now and do what i ended up doing in the 2008 you can uh, Bill Bronchuk's always saying, you know, you buy your buy your houses in a down market. When you, I didn't fight with people during the last four or five years when the market was just zooming. And I said, well, I'll just find some of the thing. Adapt, improvise and overcome. Look at the current market and see what works for you and just adapt to it or and just overcome the obstacles that stand in front of you. And you can do this. It's really, really uh, an incredible thing. And you can do it part-time because basically I did so much of my mind was part-time for all those years that I was working. So awesome. Yeah. And, uh, um, a partner of mine, Neil Timmons, he has this test that he does at his, uh, his in-person, um, uh, events that he throws. And it's, it's a test that you take the test and it tells you what kind of asset class you uh you should uh, be going towards cool. i i wish i had a, a copy of it i don't but um but it is very difficult to kind of like when you're getting started to really decide which path to take because there's so many different paths you can take you can do notes you can do single family you yes. can do land all this stuff so for yes. somebody who's just getting started how would you suggest that they make that decision what is the um you know what are some criteria that you, mean you, would... besides, you mean besides reading my book <laughs> well, exactly. That, that is the first step is reading the book. There you go. Because I wrote the book exactly for that. I wrote the book and I outline all the different, different, uh, like um, I call it, broke it up into hands off, hands on type stuff. Uh, do you want to start with bird dogging? Do you want to start? How much money do you have available? Because that really dictates almost everything. Is if you got a lot of money, you can just go out and buy something. And in, in, in certain hands off things, you can get involved in REITs and DSTs and things like that. Um, if you have no money, which is most most people's situation, is try bird dogging, try wholesaling, try things where you're not physically, where you're just taking that that piece of property and you're flipping it to someone else, or you're providing a service to someone. And in that way, even bird dogging or wholesaling, you can learn so much from all these experienced investors like yourself about the different opportunities they can follow up with. It's all an educational process. And so I, I don't know if I answered your question, but I think that's, you know, if you really just want to start, just go out the door today, go out and bird dog, go drive neighborhoods, find houses that look like they need some help and, and turn it over to an investor. Get Go to a real estate investing club, become part of your real estate investing club because you'll meet people and they'll have ideas and they'll have needs that you can provide information to them with. Yep. And uh, to clarify for anybody listening, bird dogging is when you go and just like uh, just like um, Brian was saying, you go around your neighborhood, uh, you look for properties that look like crap, and then you uh, you send those leads to an investor. That's what bird dogging is. It's, uh, you know, I tried that at one point. It was it was a difficult thing to do. Um, right. I honestly, I don't know if I would recommend that for anybody because it takes a lot of time. Um, it, it's it's driving for dollars and it's yeah. intense and you got to do all that stuff. But if you have no money, I mean, it's all a matter of economics. What do you yeah, have yeah. more of? Do you have more time than money than, and you have a car? That's a start to get your foot in the door. It's, it's painful. I find wholesaling is, I, I put that in my book, the wholesaling, how many leads you need to get just to get one offer. And it's this yeah. huge funnel of people that you end up talking to. So that's, they're all take work. It's yep. it's all yep. going to be effort and work and stuff. And 
yeah. once you're established, you can you can roll with that. Yeah, and I, I've always thought, um, you know, when I got started, I had very little money. I did have some money though, and that helped. Um, and I've always thought, like, if I really did have zero money, how would I recommend people to go forward? And thinking about it now, I would probably, and, and you know, I'd want to hear your side on this too. I would probably recommend huh. um, people call lists for for sellers. Um, yes. You can get lists for almost no money. It's not zero money. You're going to have to. Yeah you know, buy maybe 50 bucks to buy a, mm-hmm. to buy a list online, you know, prop stream, yeah. something like that. And just call sellers until you find, a, uh, find somebody who's willing to sell. Um, so Brian, what's your take yes. on like the very first for somebody who has no money, what is the strategy you would ask, you would suggest they do? Uh, something like that, you know, you go to prop stream and get a list of people that, you know, Right now, what I'm doing my is going. I'm going to go to PropStream, and uh, my son is coming. Just got out of the Marine Corps, and he's coming out to, to Denver and stuff. So he's picked a neighborhood. What I'm going to do? It's just like me starting all over. Um, I'm going to go to PropStream, and I will just identify the people who are just they've been. Oh, let's see. They haven't had a house for more than a year or so, so they don't have a lot of equity, and they've got to move. And then that's where the subject to information comes in, where you kind of go, okay, so people got to move. And then I can get a, I can get a house for my son and he can move into it. And then I can get other houses for myself. And if, and if, if I get one and he doesn't want to move into, I'll still take it and still use it like that. The yeah. whole thing is it's not how much the house costs. It's the terms. It's so important is to recognize terms are more important than the price of the house. Yep. And so that's, you know, people, oh, that's a $400,000 house. Yeah, but at 2%, you can, you know, if you can cash flow, if you can rent it out for more than you're paying, you're okay. And you can write off the interest. It's really, you know, it's the best way to, to get involved at that point. So that's me. Each time I do this, I start again. I just sent out oh, several hundred uh, letters to land folks, you know, and, and uh, buying vacant land down in Southern Colorado. And I'll do that. And then I'll try, you know, I'll go ahead and do the prop stream where I'll go ahead and get their names and numbers. And some people, part of it is you kind of got to used to talking to people. Mm-hmm. And that's for so many people, that's the hardest thing. And yeah. kind of a funny story I called on, cause I'll check on Zillow and stuff like that and say, Hey, here's a house. Maybe I'll try that. And I called somebody and it was like the worst person. I've never had any seller be <laughs> this rude to me. And it was like, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, you, you're you're an investor. You're this. And she, she hung up on me. I'm like, I'm calling about my son. You know, I'm just like, and she, I, I can sort of, I feel like I can talk to people. You know, I yeah. can talk to just about anybody. Like, ah, you know, and she just, bam, bam. And that's part of the problem now is people were so, you know, they were getting way, way more, like a thousand people or a huge number of offers on their properties. Mm-hmm. You know, just two, three years ago, they were getting these huge offers. So they, they didn't have to be nice, you know, yeah. expectation so. setting. And that now that has gone down because interest rates are so high. Um, and so these same people, yeah. that's what's really frustrating me about the commercial side is I'll talk to these sellers mm-hmm. and they want, um, you know, they want two, three, you know, three, 4% interest prices when the interest rate is now 7%. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, man, you got to yeah. see this. This is not yeah. how it works, yeah. <laughs> but Hey, it, it is what it is. Well, um, people lag the market. And yeah. this is the thing is check check with them next summer, 
check check with them in nine months and see what see if they are you know they've been making those payments and stuff for a while and that's like oh maybe this is maybe i need to be nicer maybe i need to be a little more flexible with stuff and you know that's you know I, what i'm doing now is i'm just kind of testing the market i'm kind of going out there talking to folks knowing their attitude will change before too long the the thing with me is you need to practice you need to get on the phone and talk to people and that's so, you know, a lot of times I won't even go look at a house unless I've talked to the person and I have a deal in hand or we're close to a deal because going and looking at a property and then jawing with them and stuff like that is not a good use of your time. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, talk to as many people as you can and the ones that are going to deal, you'll, you'll know, you'll know. Yep, absolutely. Um, I took a peek at the clock. It looks like we are running it down. Uh, before we move on, though, I just want to get a, a quick overview of what you're doing today. It sounds like the uh, the gist of it is you're you're looking for land, and then you're also doing subject to um, in single family. Is that about right? Yeah. Yes. Doing doing. Uh, I've done. See, part of it is I have an IRA, a Roth IRA, so I buy and sell out of the Roth IRA, mm. the land. Because it makes it so much nicer, and then uh, you know, there's other the other companies I have where I have uh, some cash and stuff, and I want to build those up in terms of single families. So I am now going towards talking to people about getting sub and just doing subject twos. And there you go. So it's evolved a little bit, but it's basically the same thing as we did years ago. Yep. If it works, you don't. Uh, what's the yeah. phrase? If it's not broken, don't fix it. Something like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you you can improve. Things have changed a little bit. Even in the subject too, they've changed a little bit how they do things. And so I I take courses. I know stuff, but I'm always willing to learn. I'll always take a course if it you know can provide some level of information. Uh, it's it's the best thing to do is work on your own education in this business. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does bring us to the quick question round. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Starts with education. I'm a big bookie, so give me two for or two recommendations. It can be any type of education that you like, YouTube channels, whatever. Two recommendations: one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Um, I would say um, the best one that I've heard is is Rich Dad Poor Dad. That mm. started me long time ago in terms of just getting involved in the mindset to get into uh, real estate. It was the notion of he had, I guess, Kiyosaki said, oh, I got this uh, was a car wash or something to pay for his kid's education or something like that. And I thought oh, that was cool. very interesting. Just, <laughs> okay, working that. And just general life thoughts. I'm trying to think of, um, what was that book? I'm trying to think what it was. It's an old book. It's even much older. Than, it sounds like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is old to most people. It's like, yeah. What was it? Oh, drawn a blank now. Sadly, it just was back in the day. Setting up a group of a cluster of people or group, a support group to work on things. And it's an ancient book, but I and I've drawn a blank on that. Sadly, (laughs) it's all right. We can uh, we can stick with the one rich dad poor dad. That is a uh, it's a good recommendation there. Um, That got me started. It's not good for tactical information, but it's definitely good for the 10,000 foot view on, uh, on investing. So good it's recommendation. Motivational. It's yeah. very motivational, you know, go Absolutely. ahead. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to move us on to the next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Brian. Let's go all the way back to 1995. Go back to that Brian oh, look wow. him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. 
buy quads, <laughs> buy a quadruplex or buy a duplex, buy something that condenses your properties down. That's, uh, you know, I mean, if, uh, if I'd have bought like four quads, I'd be sitting better than I am now, I think. Yep. And so it's like, and eh, they're all diverse, but there's, there's benefits to having them diverse. There was a big fire in Boulder where they burned down about a year ago. It burned the entire subdevelopment Oof. down. And it was like 150 houses, just, you know, these were three or four hundred. So the entire subdivision got burned down. So there's, and and those people are really in a bad way just because they were not protected for fire and things like that. But if you, you know, I love, get, get a quad, but get quads that are separated far enough away <laughs> from each other. So kind of yeah. just don't focus in one entire, in one part of the city or one development, because if, if stuff goes bad, which it's rare, but if it does, you're totally screwed. Yep. Yep. Uh, diversity is, is good for everything. It's good for, um, locations, for asset types, for, uh, pretty much anything you're thinking of having a diverse portfolio is very important. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel bad for those people, you know, California, Colorado that went through those fires, but, uh, I'm going to move us on to the next one. This is, uh, Oh, I lost some spot. Here we go. Um, this is about strengths. We are all gifted with unique strengths that we give this world. So what is your Superman strength? Oh, my Superman strength. I, one time someone asked me what my superpower was. And I, I had said, answered it as I see naked people with their clothes on and they <laughs> laugh. They say, I said, that's not really, the, but that's not the superpower. The superpower is I know I'm seeing naked people with their clothes on. Um, what the biggest strength is have a sense of humor. Okay. Laugh yep. at yourself and, like and take on everything, be willing to fail, but laugh at yourself. That's what I would say. Yep. That's the that, best thing to do. That is so important because, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of failures in anybody's career. Um, and when those, when you get punched in the face, you just got to have a sense of humor about it because, uh, you know, we all get punched in the face at one point. So you got to yeah, laugh like about something. John, John Wayne, it's like the John Wayne man mindset. I saw this thing where I interviewed John Wayne. He goes about talking about gunfights in the old West is he goes, if you get shot in a gunfight, you're going to hit the ground. You need to keep moving. You need to keep rolling because it isn't the first bullet. Those guns weren't that powerful back then. The first bullet doesn't kill you. But if you just lay there, they're going to shoot you again. So you need to just I did not know that. <laughs> so you, you could survive keep, a gunshot back in the day. That's keep, interesting. Keep rolling, keep rolling, keep moving, and keep firing as, as much as you can. And so that's you're going to get beat down, but keep moving. Don't just lay there because they'll put another bullet in you, and you, that'll be it for you. So just keep moving, adapt, improvise, and overcome as best you can. That's what I would say. Absolutely, keep moving. I love it. Uh, moves us on to the next question. Uh, I think we've already broached this a little bit, but uh, this one is for mentors. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to where you are today? I would say Bill Brunchek. He's, uh, he was the head of the Colorado Real Estate Investors Association. He's provided me with guidance. I've taken a bunch of his courses. I use all of his paperwork. He's a lawyer in Colorado. So I'm like, okay, well, they should work in Colorado. <laughs> and so, and we you know, we, we talk, he's great. He, if I text him or anything like that, I mean, he gets back to me in like five minutes. I'm just amazed. It's, so I have to be careful not to text him after seven o'clock 
because they'll go oh, right back to you, Brian. I'm like, well, you need to just take it easy. He's a great guy. And he's always been somebody that, that I can bounce ideas off of and stuff. And so if you find somebody that knows the law, knows how to apply it in your state, I think that's, that's a really good thing to have. There you go. Well, shout out to Bill. Thank you for helping Brian get to where he is today. Absolutely. Um, that brings us to the second to last question here. Uh, this is about tools. Uh, what is one tool that you could not live without? Um, I One tool in terms of, I, I write a lot of software. I was a software engineer. I, I had a PhD in geology, a master's in computer science. And so I write a lot of my own software. And so I write a, just an immense amount of stuff in Python and I write all of my own like real estate tools that go out and scrape websites and things of that nature. Oh, and cool. so it's, you know, if, if people like, Oh, how do you do this? Well, you have to have, you have to understand Python. Then you have to go out on the web and scrape stuff off of different web pages. And uh, that's kind of the big tools I use. And let's see, we do use Quicken for all of our, uh, financial stuff, not QuickBooks. QuickBooks. We just do use Quicken because our we found that our our uh, CPA uh, is able to deal with that just as well. I have a uh, my wife is a great accountant and has done amazing stuff. We're in the throes of tax season. Oh yeah, it's the worst <laughs> part of the year. <laughs> yeah, so don't, having don't say those good, words. good financial, good financial. Uh, stuff to keep keep track of all your finances and keeping your money separate no commingling don't yeah. do an fdx ftx type stuff <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that uh that reminds me i gotta i gotta call my 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 tax guy back i <laughs> i never like looking at looking at taxes but all right moving oh, on back no, no that was the other thing that the other part and i this is an important point is uh, I know Brent does a lot with with land and doing all that stuff, and that's really cool. But you've got to have tax write-offs. Mm. The beauty of having like a real estate, you know, you, you have a commercial property or you have uh, you know single-family homes. You can you've got to have some tax write-offs. If you have pure cash flow, they're going to eat you alive. They will yeah. just eat your lunch at tax yes. time. So yes, it's like they will. It is what it is, right? <laughs> all right, yeah. that leads. Oh, yeah. That leads us to the very last question. Um, you've given us a lot of good advice, a lot of things to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. What is the best way for them to do that? Uh, just to my website. It's a real estate success for you, the number for you and the letter U. So it's it's real estate success, the number for the letter U.com. And my book's available on there. It's linked on Amazon. And then the Udemy course is also on there, which is what I was talking about. So those are probably, or just Brian at real estate success for you.com. That's the best email for me right now. Perfect. So that is real estate success, the number for the letter U.com. I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Brian, Go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there. You can find Brian's URL. All right. Well, Super. Brian, that, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I enjoy your show. I will enjoy your podcast. And I, I like I said, I enjoyed all the time you talked to Brent. It was just fun to learn. I learned stuff about Brent. I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I appreciate that. And for, uh, for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. 
And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is that you give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.